Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art available in comics. We'll talk to creators, hear about their inspiration and creative process, and then we'll read their comic and discuss it together. We hope you'll join us on this journey into some incredible comics and find some new favorites along the way. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comics, your favorite podcast. Whoop, whoop. It's my favorite podcast. We have some amazing guests today, as always. Uh, they wrote a comic that I can't pronounce. This is the part where I publicly talk about the fact that I can't pronounce Cthulhu. Cthulhu. That's right. That's right. You got it right. I got it right. She did it. That was <laughs> that was Andrea C Cthulhu. 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 The only reason I know is because I used to work at Hot Topic, and they had a really cute Cthulhu plush. Required. So every day I'd put him in like a little backpack, and I'd walk around the sales floor with Cthulhu. Cthulhu (laughs) is hard to spell. Volume 1 already out now. Volume 2 currently on Kickstarter. We have some amazing guests. We've got Don, Mike, and Russell, if you'd all like to introduce yourselves. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I've been on here before. You may remember me. My name is Don Nguyen. I can be found at Winning It on Instagram and on Twitter, and also at WinningIt.com and my sketch blog on WordPress. My last name is spelled N G U Y E N. Just add an I N G I T, and you'll find me. Literally the best handle ever. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> How about you, Mike? Hi, I'm Mike Corpy, and my Twitter handle is Mike Corpy. That's M I K E K O R P I. Uh, I'm really not on the other sites such as Facebook. I'm trying, but I don't like those. Um, so we'll see what happens Fair in the enough. future. Uh, but I'm originally from Massachusetts, uh, but I've been living here in L.A. for about 20 years now. I currently work in IT at the Jim Henson Company, which <gasps> we are in lockdown, like I said earlier. Um, but we're surviving. Yeah, we need to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a big Muppets fan. You can't see either of their faces, but both Tyler and Andrea are like shook right now. They didn't know quite how cool you were. They knew you were very cool, but Don. Oh. <laughs> what? Tyler wants to come be in lockdown with you. That sounds inappropriate, but it might be. <laughs> Russell, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Russell Nolte. I am the editor of the uh, Cthulhu is Hard to Spell series, uh, along with the second volume I'm co-editing with uh, Chris Simon. And I am a USA Today bestselling author, publisher of Wannabe Press. Uh, I'm hosting the uh, the virtual summit convention, WannaCon, this weekend. So I do a lot of things in the comic and book community. That is awesome. So how did each of you get involved in this project? I have some cool stats about it first. It sounds incredible. It's on Kickstarter right now. So go and check it out. Go and back it. And if you do, you will get stories from Paul Jenkins from Spider-Man, Tony Donnelly from Grimm's Fairy Tales, Ray Anthony Height, Christian Gossett, uh, amazing, amazing cover by Aaron Alexevich from Invader Zim, which has like major Invader Zim vibes, which was my favorite thing when I was younger. Um, there's over 70 creators who contributed to 38 stories in this 160 page hardcover collection, which is insane. And the first volume was 176 pages. So if you don't have that already, go get that. It goes go in back the dark. this. <laughs> I think that's the first one. I don't know if that's. Oh, wait. 
But um, Cthulhu is hard to spell. Volume one, volume two out. Well, not out yet. It's finished, right? You're just kickstartering it. Um, what got what got all of you involved? Sure. So uh, Cthulhu is hard to spell. The Terrible Twos is the third <laughs> in our monster anthology series. Uh, the first was called Monsters and Other Scary Shit. The one that we glows in the that dark. One. Yes, that <laughs> is the one that glows in the dark. The cover glows in the dark. Um, that one did really well on Kickstarter. It raised $27,000, but when we actually mm-hmm. put it on our table at conventions, it just didn't, it didn't sell quite as well as our other books. Uh, so we started asking around what people wanted, why they weren't buying it, you know, uh, what we could improve. Uh, and, uh, we found out a couple of things. The first was, um, that people liked monsters, but what they really wanted was a much tighter theme that wasn't quite all o- so all over the place. The first mm-hmm. volume had like literally every monster you can think of, <laughs> which I think is amazing, but also yeah. had prose and poetry and all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and, uh, people wanted just a tighter theme when they came to our tables. So the, I asked them what their favorite, uh, uh fandom was, and they said Lovecraft. And it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite too. So, uh, we decided to, to make it the, the second volume Lovecraft specific, uh, on top of that, people really, really wanted to share the anthology with their kids. And the mm-hmm. first volume just it was a little too violent. It had a little too much cursing to be able to show it to anybody. <laughs> Not that a lot of people didn't show it to their kids, but it wasn't <laughs> one where I could just say Put little post-its. I, I couldn't characters. just give yeah. it to libraries or something and say this is appropriate. So the yeah. second one, we really uh, toned down the language, toned down the violence. There's never any sex in the books, but mm-hmm. uh, none of that uh, as well. And we wanted to make it something that kids would enjoy. Kids generally prefer um all color like full color books so uh, we moved from black and white in color to 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 straight all color for the next volume and also uh we changed the page the the pagination so everything flips on the same side so that uh, all of the all of the uh uh, reveals could happen correctly and uh that one then raised thirty nine thousand dollars over a thousand backers and that one started selling on our table like hotcakes and uh, <laughs> you know you had a good thing still our best yeah. selling book so we had to go back to the we had to go back again and that's when i put so that second one came out in officially march of last year and uh i opened the submission process around april or may after i talked to so these anthologies dang near kill me. Like they're so <laughs> complex to put imagine. together. Yeah. And I couldn't really fathom doing a third one by myself. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I, I had known uh, Chris Simon for a long time. I did not know that she was an editor at Shadowline and had worked with mm. just about any, uh, every creator that uh, is relevant in comics. Uh, so when I found that out, I asked her if she would come on and help me with this anthology because I couldn't do a third one on my own. And so when she uh, locked uh, locked in, it must have been May of last year. So it must have been oh, roughly May of last yeah, it must have been May, roughly May of last year where I decided to do a third volume or a second volume of the Cthulhu book. And that's where I opened submissions. And that's when Don and Mike got involved. That's yeah. awesome. Don and Mike, do you want to share your your stories of falling in love with Cthulhu? Cthulhu. Cthulhu. <laughs> uh, I, you know, Russell is such a familiar face on the con circuit. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's even before I was, you know, involved in comics. Uh, I'd actually come up and talk to Russell and uh, bought some of his books. So I own the first Monsters book, which is fantastic. That's awesome. And, when the opportunity came up, uh, Mike and I have been friends for a while now, 
and we actually got serious about working together um, at San Diego Comic-Con's Creator Connection. Mm. Uh, Toucan Learning runs a comic creator connection panel uh, that, you know, Andy Nordvall, who's uh, who's doing the uh, Burn After Pitching podcast with you guys, <laughs> and I teamed a couple times. So we met there. But Mike and I actually got a chance to sit down and talk at that panel. And I was like, you know, you're such a great writer. We've never really had a chance to work together. So how about we do something about that this year? And so our game plan was to uh, try to get as many of Mike's stories out there. And uh, this book presented the perfect opportunity for that, especially with the content that Mike creates. He's a fantastic uh, like psychological thriller, horror, mystery writer. It really reminds me of Tales from the Crypt and uh, Twilight Zone. That's awesome. And in reading Russell's books and just understanding the quality that he puts out there, I mean, you pick up the monstrous book and you know like you have something special in your hands it just looks fantastic and he curates the stories and just from the get-go i was like if russell ever puts the call out yeah. i want to be a part of this and when the oh. opportunity came up i i talked to mike about it and we just leapt at it i i felt it was just the right call that's awesome mike what inspired you in in the story then well um i i chose um the Dunwich Horror, which I guess it came out about almost almost a hundred years ago, <laughs> but it was the it, it was like the the one story that um, did remind me of Tales from the Crypt and Twilight Zone. It, it was just it was more narrative because most of Lovecraft it's it's very strange and it's hard to actually um, transform that into uh, like a, um, uh, like a written page or written page or the, um, uh, the screen for them, uh, for like a television screen or a movie screen. And this one, it was had a much better narrative. And I thought, well, what, what could happen like a hundred years later? And if, if someone would find that story and then it's like, okay, well, some, maybe this actually really did happen a hundred years ago. What would, um, current people think about that, and yeah. that that was my main um, my main love for for this particular story to to turn that into um, a new comic. And with Don, I've seen him uh, grow as an artist, and I'm I'm just I'm blown away by what he has accomplished on my writing, mm-hmm. and like. I've, I'm mostly a screenwriter and I haven't really sold anything, just like 90% of the screenwriters out here. But seeing now something physical, I, I'm just very impressed by what he did. That's awesome. What drew uh, you into comics then specifically? Uh, mainly to, to actually try to get this turned into something else also yeah. like to, to turn it into a, a TV show or whatever. Um, Don has just influenced me and I, I, I think this is a good way to start. And I, and I encourage anyone who is trying to get their stories onto some kind of medium to do comics because there's a lot of growth with that. And there's a well, lot one of the great things, one of the great things about comics is uh, that uh, you can actually I've heard so many people who are even novelists or 
or um, but mostly co- uh, uh, movie and TV people, myself included, who see comics as a way to actually get something done. Um, mm-hmm. When you're working in in movies and television, you know things move at a glacial pace, and you're lucky to get one, two, maybe three things completed in your whole career. So being able to have something. Uh, and and have it complete was revolutionary for me when I started doing comics. Um, I've never done a comic that was like intended to transition. It was always meant to be a comic and then transitioning would be nice. But it was it was the ability to actually look at something that was done. And that's one of the beauties of an anthology. Um, I remember um, Don uh, when I met Don, he was part of this um uh, uh, a comic book group in uh, I think you were part of the sketchy bugs, right? I'm still part of the sketchy budget. Yeah. So, uh, and they had gone through a long time. Um, I don't want to tell tales out of school, but yeah. they had done a lot of, they had been working together for a lot of years and produced very little actual stuff from that. Um, and then they put together a couple anthologies. Uh, the first one was just the sketchy bug anthology. And after that came out, like, Suddenly they all I don't know what happened, but I think what happened was they suddenly saw something of theirs in print because literally after that book came out, the work level and the amount of people that actually started making comics and understanding that it was really possible just like exploded. I mean, it went from a couple of people out of that group doing comics consistently to there were dozens like there were dozens of I can't even name all of the people (laughs) from that group now that are actually doing comics. Um maybe not specifically because of that anthology, but certainly uh, that the explosion happened right after that. And it's, it's instead of having to create a 20, 40, 80 page book, you're making a two, four, six, eight page comic. And then uh, by being part of something bigger, you're all pushing it together and you become a, 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 a something bigger than uh than the sum of its parts. I don't know. That's just my experience from looking at it from the outside. Don, is that is that does that sound like roughly what happened? Uh, yeah. You know, I've always loved comics, and just like uh, Russell mentioned, I feel like a big part of comics is that you get to actualize your ideas, and you can see them, and you can see them instantaneously in many cases. Like if you're just thumbnailing and putting it out there. So I think that creative process is rewarding. And, you know, like Russell was saying with our group, we have two other members. Mike is a member of Sketchy Bugs also, but um, also Joe Renoa and Haley Suits have a story uh, in the anthology as well. So there's there's four of us in there. And, you know, we've, we've tried to up our game in terms of productivity and just, uh, you know, visibility and getting out there and having our voices heard. But Russell is is dead on with that. I I feel like comics is such an amazing medium where you can have prose combined with uh, the visuals of art um, and drawing or painting, whatever it may be, come together and provide the synergy that you otherwise, like if you were doing television or movie, it really could take forever or your script could just get bought, optioned, and you will never hear or see from it again. And it just – yeah, so – so on that end, you, you you get to see the output result, you know, immediately. Um, especially if you're you're working hard and your your goal is to get out there and to be out there. Um, you know, it, it 
it lends itself to that. Well, and that's something that we hear a lot too, is just, you know, we, we ask for advice for people starting out or creating their own comics. And, and really what we hear a lot is just start creating, go make something. And I think that is the nice thing about this anthology format is that it's, you know, shorter stories. You're not writing a whole comic series. You're not, you know, it's a shorter format where you can really grow your storytelling or your art abilities um, and produce something and have it in people's hands. Yeah. And I really like, love hearing you guys like it sounds cheesy but like it really sounds like you guys like really love what you do like you can hear the passion and you can really hear how much like it means to you to be able to put out a story and like not have like that kind of somebody over your shoulder like saying like no you gotta draw it this way like you can do whatever you want on a comic you can do watercolor and like something splashy or something like that. And I think that's like really cool. And I love hearing you guys being like so enthusiastic about it. Like, I guess my biggest question is like, what does it mean to be a part of this anthology like together? Like what like really makes you feel all warm and fuzzy about it? Oh my God, there's there's so many reasons <laughs> to feel warm and fuzzy about it. First off, it's just to be a part of something greater than yourself. And um, I, Mike sort of talked about this. This is really his first publication. So um, for me, it was a huge deal to be able to have his voice out there um, and to allow it to be seen and accepted and hopefully people get to enjoy that. And then the other part is, uh, Russell, I think we were talking about it at Long Beach and you told me who was involved and it blew my mind. Paul Jenkins, uh, I'm just going to geek out for a second. (laughs) Because what brought me back into comics, there were three artists I walked in a comic book store one day and I saw these three artists and it was uh, Umberto Ramos, Umberto Ramos, um, Chris Pachalo, and Scotty Young. And Umberto Ramos is one of the nicest guys you can ever talk to. Mm. He's got a great team. And Spectacular Spider-Man and Fairy Quest are two books that Paul Jenkins did with him. And it blows my mind that I'm basically Umberto Ramos adjacent at this point. <laughs> And I heard that from uh, uh, one of the other creators, David Blake Lucarelli, uh, said yeah. that, you know, Paul Jenkins was one of the reasons he got into comics back when he was making Hellraiser. And so now he's like now he's in a book with mm. with like one of his, you know, his reasons for being and writing. And um, look, uh, the world is the worst. It's so bad <laughs> like all the time. Like, it's just like so much bad that goes on. And like when you're a writer or an artist, so much of it is on your own. Um, you know, I mean, 99% of the time I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in my, in my house, not talking to people, uh, for that 1% of time where I'm connected. So one of the things that I've always been really cognizant about is the community aspect of an anthology. I actually think that's what almost all anthologies do wrong is, uh, they don't build that community aspect about it. And it's really the, I mean, look, no one's getting rich on doing an anthology, uh, (laughs) Uh, but like you can get rich in the creators involved. So one thing I've been trying to do since the beginning is build a community of of people who are um, all working together and then they can become each other's sort of uh, connective tissue uh, and that and they can sort of have their own little creator network that they're that they're that they're part of and they enjoy. I uh, I'm very loose when it comes to um, to uh, to editing. I mostly let the artists do whatever they want once they're hired. Uh, they can they can come to me and and I will have as much input as they want me to have. But I I find that my job is to hire well, 
Like my job is to staff it with the right people. And if I staff it with the right people, my job is is mostly done. It's not fully done uh, because there are artists who want more involvement or writers who want me to look over their scripts. And I certainly am, 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 am putting deadlines out there. Um, but uh, I've been very lucky where I think I've had to cut one story in three anthologies that I've done. Um, uh, because I've been so I'm been so dogged at, at at hiring well, and also making sure that the people are involved are the kinds of people that I want that 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 want to build the community that that people will want to be around and gravitate towards. Uh, because that really, uh, when you strip all the other stuff away, um, that's what the anthology that's what the anthology is. It's 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 that, and then it's watching what a comic can be because. Uh, uh, Don was talking about Haley's story. Haley's story is like the polar opposite of Don's story, uh, as far as like art style, yeah. as far as, uh, as, 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 as wording, as far as, uh, a tone. Uh, and yet they both are still, uh, uh, incredibly high quality comics. So you actually get, if you do it right, this sort of breadth of story and breadth of comic and for someone that doesn't know comics a lot or someone who knows a lot about comics you can really see what a comic could be or what a comic is and that it's more than just um like i make mostly traditional looking comics don makes mostly traditional looking comics but like we are not the we are a part of comics, but uh, uh, they, they, it is not by any means uh, just what you're going into a store and picking up. Even if you're looking at independent comics, which can stylistically vary, it just can go so many different places. Well, and that's the cool thing about an anthology, too, is that you get not just stories that are vastly different, but art that's vastly different and, and a totally different experience, a different um, within the same theme and a, a tight theme in this one, you know, understanding how you can have something so drastically different in mood and tone and feel um, is the really cool thing about that. A story that one person may love, another person may hate, but then the next story, they both have totally different feelings about. And that's what's really neat about art. And then particularly about a group of art like this, it's like going to a, a museum that's a comic. <laughs> that's true. Do you guys feel that being part of an anthology kind of pushes you more? Like when you see, for example, someone who worked like on Teen Titans Go, like as part of your anthology, does that ever like, not in a like, oh my God, I gotta be better. But like, does it, do you feel like artistically it kind of like propulses you like, you know, like to challenge yourself and be like, okay, like, you know, I gotta, I gotta be better because I gotta, you know, be up there. Or like, how do you guys feel working in an anthology with other creators? For me, as a writer, I definitely look at other, other stories in the anthology, and I compare mine with theirs, and um, it makes me want to try to become a better writer. It just that's just how it is, and I. I was I read the whole comic or the whole anthology on this one and the previous volume and I'm just like well I hope mine is as good as these because these <laughs> are really good <laughs> and uh, with Don his artwork is unique compared to everyone else's mm -hmm. and and I I think we're I think we did a pretty good job uh, what do you think John <laughs> you're like help me out here <laughs> uh, uh, you know I I've had a chance to read through the entire anthology and it it really blows my mind there are pieces that it, it's incredible i'm so honored to be a part of it um there's this one story in there i, I don't know if i can mention it by name it's by 
Silva DB, is that correct, Russell? Yeah, that's the last story. It's uh, oh. Howard Dies in the End, yeah. written by Terrence Grace. Yeah, oh, I like well, that one. That one. Um, then there's the piece by uh, Claire Leslie. I, I don't know if uh, everybody's had a chance to go through it, but you know, it, it's it's never, for me, been about comparing uh, myself artistically to somebody else. I feel like doing that just... You, you you lend yourself, you open yourself up to being let down in your own abilities, where you, whereas you as an artist should be concentrating on what you do best and get better at that and then take inspiration from others. And if you just look at the anthology as an artist, there is just so much inspiration in there. And the quality of the storytelling is mind-boggling. Uh, just the fact that I'm in there you know, with Paul Jenkins, with Tony Dom, with Mary Zorlita Bellamy, with uh, Joe Renoa and Haley – uh, from Sketchy Bugs, um, you know, with Ray Anthony Height, which is insane. You know, Ray Anthony Height was on one of the best runs of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And, you know, he's known for Wakandaverse, he's known for Spider-Man. And so you're, we're, we're in there with veterans, but the, the beauty of all the stories, the storytelling is just so profoundly good that anybody, not even if you're not a fan of H.P. Lovecraft or you don't know anything about the Elder Dots, you can just read each story and enjoy it. There's something for everybody really there is and there's a style i want to say for everybody's uh, artistic taste you're gonna get painting you're gonna get pencils uh, you're gonna get these crazy washes and inks and watercolors and then digital stuff like i do and it's it's all there and i you know like i said before russell and chris have done an amazing job curating this book wannabe press really puts out fantastic anthologies Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um. So for as as lax as I am, once I hire somebody, I am also incredibly <laughs> demanding uh, of the quality that comes that comes back. Um. I remember the first anthology that we did. Uh. Someone someone put in their pages, and then uh after they saw the book, they were like, "Oh, I need to redo my pages. They are not good enough for this book." Oh. And uh. This was for the monster anthology, not either the previous, uh, not the last anthology or the new anthology. Um, but I, I, I have a very high standard. Uh, I don't really care what uh, what your credits are before you do my book, but uh, I do have a a, a a very high bar to get into the anthology because. Um, I I believe in putting out the best books. I can't really compete on putting out quantity of books with other uh, other people. So the only place that I can compete is in quality, and that means quality of the overall artist and writer human, um, and also uh, getting out of my own way uh, because some of the things that I think are amazing are not going to be other people's taste. So I have to know that what I that some of the things that are in this anthology are not like the thing that I like would resonate with if I were uh, reading, but I know that they're incredibly high quality work. And I know that, um, and, and I know that uh, they're all making each other better. And that's what I see time and time and time again with these anthologies is being in these anthologies has rate has, has, has um, brought so many people up to the next level. Like I will do, uh, our my friend Angela Fullard, for instance, was in the first anthology, and she had the last story. 
it was her first uh, published piece, per, first sequential piece. And then she was the she from the first anthology, she came back to the second anthology and her style had evolved so much um, uh, that uh, she was the first story in that anthology. And then she came in for the last and like her 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 style just evolves with each book and because it's been it's not just my book i'm not saying it's like my book is the magical thing but um <laughs> but it is but watching yeah. these creators grow and change and 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 be able to try new things one of the great things about anthologies is that people that have a house style or a style that they're known for can do wildly different things in an anthology because it's only two pages or four pages or whatever it is they can experiment they can try new tones and new themes and work with new artists who they've never worked with before this whole thing this whole anthology series came because i really wanted to work with a lot of artists that I never would like I'm a writer I put out uh, one or two books a year a lot of them are the same series so I uh, I'm pretty much I'm going to work with maybe 10 or 20 artists in my whole life uh, when it comes to the books that I'm putting out and the anthology series was just a way for me to jam out with a bunch of uh, my friends who I'd always wanted to work with and uh, and to make each other better to to to, to become more than I know I said it before, but become more than the sum of of, of our parts and all uh, be pushing something together that we can all be proud of. I uh, am very exacting when it comes to final selections because um, I know what uh, what it means to be in a great anthology. And I know what it means to put your heart and soul into something and it does not come out good enough. Uh, and I've been part of a lot of anthologies and what I'm used to, I'm used to being let down, frankly, like I'm <laughs> used to being let down with like what comes back in the anthology. Either I never get my creator copy or um, some of the stories I feel like weren't strong enough to be included or it wasn't printed well, or uh, there certainly weren't as many stories as I thought, or like it was just built differently than what. So what I'm very conscious of when I put this anthology out is that every artist can look at the book and be um, and, and think it was the best printed job that they've ever had in their career and that uh, they can be proud of all of the stories. Not that they love every story because <laughs> no one's going to love every story. If you give this book to a hundred to there's 38 stories, so 38 people, they're all going to pick a different favorite story. Yeah, that is yeah. one thing I know That's for the sure. Of it. Yeah. Um, but that they can all be proud of the, the, the overall package because it's not something you get often. The more that I get published, the more uh, for other people, the more that I understand that like uh, having a book printed well or published well is the rarity. Yeah. Usually uh, they're either bottom or middle of the barrel uh, at best. Um, and, uh, I want to make sure that some that, that when a creator leaves this anthology, the experience they remember is that their work was cherished mm -hmm. and and treated as if it mattered and printed as if it mattered. Well, and that's the most important thing, too, is I, I love the word cherished. Yeah, it's something that, you know, you use in, in relationships a lot. I think I think to have to be cherished is so, so important, especially 
today when we have indie comics and it's such a wonderful, collaborative, interesting, creative mm-hmm. space. But there's also a lot of content, right? Like you're battling against the Internet. You're battling against big. the big two. You're yeah. battling against, you know, comic book shelves full of different mm-hmm. amazing content. So how do you differentiate yourself and how do you stand out? And I, I love that this is so carefully bound, so carefully put together um, and highlighting just incredible, diverse, creative work from across the board. And I really appreciate what you said about how like it doesn't matter to you their resume at the Mm -hmm. end of the day it's the quality and I think that's something that right now I think kind of discourages a lot of people Mm -hmm. is like oh like I'm not you know a Bruce Tim I'm not you know like sorry that was the only thing I could think of (laughs) (laughs) you're a nice person who respects women but um yeah but um Definitely. I really do appreciate the fact that, like you said, you cherish these, you know, creators, whether they're small, whether they're big. At the end of the day, it's the quality that they put out. And like, I think that that's really encouraging to anyone who's starting right now is like that idea of like, okay, there are people who are going to take care of me, even if, you know, I'm not part of the big two or I'm not working at Disney. Like I, you know, I'm good. At uh, Jim Henson? Yeah, and that's why. <laughs> I like and that's what I really getting... want people to. The, the creators involved are in this book. They only get in this book if they're good enough to be in this book, and that only means something if the book is good enough to like stand out among the crowd. So I really like. I want people to know that the that uh, Don and and Mike just by their story being in here means it's an amazing story because it would not be in this anthology if it wasn't amazing. And every every book I feel like gets better than the last. And I'm more confident in saying that, you know, the artists who are in this book or in the previous anthology are world-class artists, all of them. And I know that because simply by... But by simply being in this book, it means there's a certain quality level. And you can only um, you can only say that if you have that exacting standard of of, of that that I have, which is exhausting, uh, but (laughs) also important because if something gets through that uh, that that isn't of the quality that I expect, uh, then uh, you're judged, unfortunately, by Mm -hmm. your worst story. And I don't think that there is a, a bad story in the entire Cthulhu is hard to spell line. Um, <laughs> never will um, be. And, no. and I, but I, I want to make sure that to maintain that standard. So, um, so that it says something um, when I do, like the book speaks for itself. I don't have to keep stamping Don and Mike's like <laughs> card every yeah. time I talk about them. I can just be like, look, they're in this book. Like if they're in this book, you should go and buy stuff from their table or go and look them up online because um, uh, uh, their work is of an exceptional quality. Absolutely. And I think right now, too, you know, as we kind of wrap up, there's something that I wanted to throw out um, as, you know, wherever you're listening, (laughs) you're probably dealing with coronavirus, COVID-19. It is a time right now. Um, There's a lot going on in the world. It's been labeled a pandemic now Mm -hmm. and things are changing people are being isolated and i think it's so important now especially to support artists as conventions are being canceled or postponed but you know who knows when that's going to happen um you know going online going on kickstarter supporting something that you think is cool they'll mail it to you you don't have to go anywhere i know (laughs) um but i think you know supporting creator-owned work especially in indie comics it's such an important time you know if you're afraid to go to the movies you're afraid to go to theater you're afraid to do whatever you can sit at home and read a comic. I know. Um, you can get them online. 
uh, or go to your local comic shop. Just be careful. Um, yeah. They're great. They're safe. But uh, I think, you know, it's such an important time, too, for art and for particularly comics. And so I want to, um, as our last question, just kind of ask you guys, what do you love most about comics as a form of art and, you know, indie comics? Because that's the title of the show. <laughs> wow, that's a... Loaded that's a, question. That is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've always loved comics. Yeah. And uh, it, it doesn't matter. It just, as a kid, you know, you can get into it without being able to read. I feel like if the artist is strong, yeah. they tell the story and you can visualize it. But the words that accompany the art are so powerful. And I've mm. only you know, started really appreciating that in like the last 10 years. Cause to me, it's always been about the art, but now, you know, like I have such favorite writers. Mike is actually one of my favorite writers. <laughs> He's up oh, there. Shucks. With, uh, <laughs> you know, that fraction, uh, a, a Rick Remender, a Kelly Sue DeConnick type. Yes. Um, I really do see that in the guy. So I hope people uh, will, will partake of this Kickstarter. We believe it in so much that you can really try it before you buy it. I mean, Russell put up a preview of this thing and I got to give a shout out to some of the other creators. There's a fantastic piece by Jonathan Howard and Dylan Fields. If I got that correct in there, that is just this ink wash, which almost reminds me a little bit of like X-Files kind of stuff. And then if anybody's an Alterna fan, um, David Lucarelli and Henry Ponciano, I hope I pronounced his name correctly. That comic is amazing. Tinseltown. If you haven't ever picked it up, pick it up. We have had that on indie comics before. Dave's awesome. Yeah. And his story Oh my god! So, it, I, and you know, it just it keeps coming to mind. Like while you guys are talking about, it, I just keep thinking of all these other stories. And I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty much just going to claim I'm adjacent to all these people. And, you know, that's that's when they're the adjacent love. to you. That's the beautiful thing about the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're going to see these people at conventions. Mm-hmm. So uh, we don't know how that's going to go this year. <laughs> Sometime wait. again, it uh, will happen. Yeah. yeah send but, them a tweet. Uh, send them an email. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're all familiar faces. Like I said, I met Russell before I got my own table, before I became uh, a comic book artist, or you know, there were murmurs of me roaming around uh, the con floor. I, I met him, uh, and he was selling his book, and we had to pick it up and talk to him about it. And you know, uh, that's the type of people he puts into his book, people who are out there at conventions hustling, who are friendly, who are just great creators, and I feel like that's part of my love of indie comics is like, it's such a great community to be a part of. You don't have to be, uh, you know, like one of the major guys you, when you get your start, it's such a great place to start out in indie comics and to have a voice that's different. Um, and to be different like that is celebrated and appreciated. For, yeah, for me, I mean, I, I, I loved growing up with, uh, X-Men and Spider-Man and all those, um, you know, the, the more popular comics, um, I, I have to go with, with Don when I have to trust him with all these names because he, he knows a lot more than I do. And <laughs> cause I'm, I am more into, you know, film and television, but, um, yeah, I, I grew up with the, the artwork first more than writing to be honest. I, I didn't actually think that I would be a writer. I thought I would be more of an artist. And then I just, I didn't enjoy it as much and as much as I do writing. And I, I just, I loved creating uh, new stories and, and tr- I trust in, in Don to put that onto page. It, it, it just takes a lot of practice for, for um, just to just over and over and over again to, to actually get little details of, of 
of something that's that could be normally boring and um so when when i uh when he when he told me about this comic i was like okay this sounds very interesting i i, I think i can turn a story into the into to something and uh i i just think that it's it was it's a great idea overall I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's awesome. So there's a couple of stories that uh, kind of illustrate the point Don and Mike were making about art and uh, especially Don was making about art and uh, and and uh, and and words together. Um, The first anthology had uh, a story by uh, Ben Herrera and Kyle Kaminsky. And uh, they were doing they showed me the, the the pencils and the inks and the colors and the and and he sent me the colors. And I I, I was like, I have no idea what the story is going to be. Uh, I'm just going to trust that, like, when you lay the words in, like, it's going to make sense because it literally doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. I have no idea what's happening in here. And sure enough, uh, I mean, the art was beautiful, but uh, I just had to trust the, the writer to, to, to make the story make sense when when everything was laid in. And uh, sure enough, when he laid the letters down, when, when they laid the letters down, it made perfect sense. Like, the, I was like, oh, of course, like this makes this is this is now like the perfect marriage of of, of of words and pictures together. Um, I think that does a better job than any of the books in the stories in the anthology, uh, uh, than the anthology line. But there was one also, uh, by Walter Osley. I think it's the second or third to last story. And, uh, I remember he sent me the pages and he did, he wanted to do it wordless. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. It's like, I can't understand this. And he just put in maybe 15 words the whole thing was maybe 15 or 20 words the whole story and he just where he placed the the words made complete made it a completely different story and it really does i remember my wife uh she read uh she's been trying to get into comics for a while and she just could not do it and then she read understanding comics and she was like oh my god i didn't know i was supposed to read the words and the pictures together and i didn't know how to do that and so it's it's this beautiful marriage of um of words and pictures but really it it comes back to the community like i've been part of a lot of communities in my life and comics uh comics uh, maybe podcasting too are my favorite too for sure uh comics is for sure my number one because um everybody is so supportive and they yeah. want to do stuff there's and so there's like no money in comics. Like <laughs> I, 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 I run three companies and like comics oh. makes, if I put the amount of effort into, into my other uh, adventures <laughs> that I do into comics, um, I would be sitting in Bali or something. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it's a because, labor of love. Yep. Uh, uh, I mean, I do, we do okay, but like, it's not like, uh, it's a very low margin industry, uh, but we do it because, and everyone is in it together. We all understand that. And we all are, are sort of resonating on this weird frequency. And there's a lot of other communities that are snipey and that are like, that are, are not so open and, uh, comics isn't like that. And so, uh, I, I, I really, uh, hope at the end of the day that, the these anthologies, uh, become a love letter, not just to Lovecraft, but to comics, because, um, you know, they're, they're, a, a, a thing that I, I, I undertook the one time because I wanted to work with my friends, but I keep coming back to it because, um, the world is lonely 
And no one knew that more than and scary. And no one knew that more than H.P. Lovecraft. He wrote about fear and pain and and um, and 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 how the world just does not care and that there are gods and monsters that are that are unimaginable and they don't care about you. And they and that is the true horror of the world is that um, you are born alone you die alone and that and everything that could save you doesn't care about you and the the only way to combat that is through community and togetherness and and building that little tribe of people who have your back and um and you know if this anthology does nothing but cut through the the noise and for one brief moment say we are not alone. You are not alone. Look at all these people who love the thing that you love and uh, treat it with reverence and respect. Uh, then the anthology will have done its job in the end. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for, for having us on. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you all so much. We're so excited for volume two to come out. Um, listeners, if you haven't backed it yet, it's still on Kickstarter. Give it all the money. Get a beautiful hard copy book to your home. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. And thank you, amazing listeners, for listening. You can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. You can also check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for articles, videos, and more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know if you read the Monster Anthology. Let us know if you can pronounce Cthulhu. 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 Uh, if you can't, that's cool. You'll still love this book. Yeah. It's for everybody. Um, let us know what you think of this podcast and of the book. Um, if you love Kickstarter, if you love anthologies, tell us. Please also, um, you can stay updated on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we stream on Twitch. We do Let's Play. Uh, the intro is provided by Cranston. And uh, check out Kickstarter. What um, if, they, if they just look up Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Cthulhu is hard to spell. If they go to, it's easy. They can just look, they can just go to Cthulhu is hard to spell dot com. That's oh, C T H U L H U. Yeah, the second hard. H is for horror, is hard to spell dot com. That's awesome. Um, so check it out. We'll also have that uh, down below in the links here for the podcast. Um, so come and join the gathering. Have a great week and G G G. Thank you. Cthulhu. Cthulhu.